Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 143. Not a surprise. Very, very close to NFL kickoff. Next Thursday, game one. I believe it's uh, Dallas and Tampa Bay. All NFL today. We tried. We really, really did. For anybody out there who's who, who wants us to get away from football, just make your other sports you're into more interesting, and we'll talk about them. There's really nothing in baseball other than they're just playing games still. NBA silent. NHL. Well, it's the NHL. I'm gonna piss some people off with that, but it is what it is. So it's the NFL today, and today was cut day, and there's really only one notable cut. Uh, although if you were kind of reading the tea leaves and paying attention, you're not that that surprised. But still, some people were shocked. Uh, uh, we'll take a look into if it appears that more second-year and rookie players are being cut than ever before. I know my opinion on that. I'm interested to hear what Ben has to say on that. And we're going to start with, however, another injury, unfortunately. It's Cam Akers about a month ago. Last week, we discussed Travis Etienne. This week... Much to Ben's dismay, uh, not only because this guy's a great player, but Ben drafted him. Uh, J.K. Dobbins tore his ACL in a preseason game, out for the season. Obviously, this is a big blow. Um, you know, going to be a big part of the Baltimore's offense. This kid looked really good last year, and along with Gus Edwards, who is now the starter, uh, and I think he is underrated. He's not J.K. Dobbins. That that we've seen. Who knows what he come, who knows when he comes out with a full workload as the as the running back one. Who knows? Maybe he has a dynamic season and he proves everybody wrong. He's had great yards per carry, but he's actually had an opportunity. Baltimore is determined to run the ball, so maybe maybe things are better. You know, aren't as bad as they seem, but it'd still be a whole lot better if you had Dobbins and Edwards, regardless of how, of how it turns out. So I'm gonna. I'm going to turn it over to you, Ben, because I know you have not only did you like J.K. Dobbins as a player, but he was one of your top picks on your fantasy team, and this is kind of a downer for multiple reasons. Yeah, it hurts. It hurts my team, and and I think it does hurt the Ravens significantly because this is what their offense was going to run around. It was Lamar Jackson and J.K. JK Dobbins. Um I'm not going to sit here and crap all over Gus Edwards and Justice Hill because, you know, they're good NFL running backs. But J.K., I think, was going to take them to the next level. It's going to be – he doesn't have the exact same style of running as Mark Ingram, but I think take that impact of Mark Ingram first year with Lamar Jackson first year, and I think that's the kind of offense they were going to try to run – with Gus Edwards, Justice Hill kind of sprinkled in there to give uh, J.K. some some breather and, and just help the offense stay fresh. And this would have – and his his ability to make people miss, I think, would have helped build confidence with the offensive line. And more importantly, as we discussed last episode and, and many others, uh, confidence in the tight ends to be able to block – to get out in uh, space to make plays. And I think there's going to be a lot more pressure on both those positions to help Gus Edwards because it, he might be able to help you get two, three yards a carry, maybe. And I understand you pointed out his, his yards per average, but well, let's see what he does with a full tank load. I mm-hmm. mean, he could – he could outperform his projections, but he could also underperform because now he's getting more opportunity. And I mean, we'll probably discuss. We'll discuss later in the episode that there's opportunities out there to kind of, kind of grab a a veteran player. But again, that's that's not the answer to the to the to question. What's going to help the Ravens' offense run like it's supposed to? It's, you're still going to need J.K. Dobbins. This is the same effect, yeah. I think, as Travis Etienne. Not to the degree of Cam Akers, because I think 
the Rams have a more diverse offense and they were going to utilize more running backs. Mm -hmm. And it's possible they could have still acquired Sonny Michelle, um, even with Cam Akers going down a month ago. But I think this is going to have a, a major impact because they shed Mark Ingram over the offseason. And I think they were putting a lot more on JK's plate. It just seems like it's going to be a huge task for them to really kind of, kind of, kind of overcome. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't see the answers they're going to come up with, with the versatility JK has much like I'm going to have an issue trying to figure out how I'm going to replace him, but I will have an easier time than they will. Yeah. You have an easier time because you have more than one stud running back on your team. Sure. Uh, yeah, no, I definitely, I, did, I certainly didn't mean to discount JK Dobbins. Obviously it's going to be, uh, it's a blow to him. And, and, you know, like I said, no matter how good Gus Edwards turns out to be this year, it would have been nice to have Dobbins and Edwards. Uh, so I, I actually have a perfect fit in mind for that team, the way they like to run. I'm not going to bring it up now. I'll bring it up later when we get into our discussion sure. as to some of the available free agents still. But yeah, J.K. Dobbins, I mean, there's a reason they drafted him when they still had Gus Edwards. When they still had um, uh, uh, the guy they had um, from New Orleans, Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram, yeah. When they still had Mark Ingram, they drafted Dobbins. Obviously, Ingram, some injury issues, let him go. Uh, so, you know, Dobbins was the guy. He was the clear number one. It's never, never ideal to lose that. And I look at this Dobbins situation the same as kind of like a uh, uh, situation in New England with Damian Harris. Damian Harris, Belichick won't ever say it because he never tells people anything he doesn't think they need to know. But Damian Harris is the running back one in New England. I'd be shocked if he's not the guy starting. Yeah, they drafted Ramondre Stevens. Stevenson? Stevenson. Stevenson, yeah. And he looked really good in preseason. But Damian Harris, on a short sample size last year, was really, really good. So now if you have the ball and you're the guy and you end up carrying, I think it's a lot more likely that Gus Edwards carries the ball 15 to 20 times a game than it is that Harris carries it 15 to 20 times. But when you know you're the one and you're getting the one workload, now we'll see what you can really do. Because you can have a, a, a nice sample size and look really good. Uh, Seattle fell for that with Matt Flynn a couple years ago when they gave him all that money to come from Green Bay. Luckily for them, they drafted a guy named Russell Wilson that same year, and it worked out pretty well for him. But sample size is going to be very deceiving. good part is these guys get to prove it on the field. It shows exactly what they're made of. So that works out well. And I do agree. I think uh, it, it's a lot less... A lot less damning to the offense to have, uh, have Cam Akers go out than it is Dobbins because Dobbins is going to play a key part in the thing that that offense is trying to do, whereas Akers, they were hoping he could add to it. They still have Henderson that traded for Michelle. I think the Rams will be okay still. Uh, the Patriots have 73 running backs. They'll be fine without Michelle. Uh, and I think the Ravens will still be a competitive team. They'll be good. Obviously, this isn't like all of a sudden they suck. But we were saying before we started recording, today was cut day down to the 53-man roster. They cut like seven tight ends. Yeah. I think it was actually four. But this is the team you were saying. They haven't been the same ever since they let uh, the guy go to um, Hayden Hurst. Trade him to Atlanta, I believe. They haven't been the same. Because he was a part of that offense. They had Mark Edwards. They had Nick Boyle. Or Mark Andrews, excuse me. Nick Boyle and Hayden Hurst. And I didn't think it would be that big of a deal, but apparently it was a lot bigger than I thought it would be. You, you, you nailed that one because it was, and they weren't the same team. So what do they look like now that don't have their running game? Now Nick Boyle's already banged up. The season hasn't even started yet. So you have Andrews and who else? So Baltimore's got to figure out some stuff pretty quick. And, and I think part of the uh, – and that's part of the issue, Chris, is they were, they were putting all their eggs in the basket of J.K. Dobbins and Lamar Jackson. And, and this is the point that, that many have made, and, and I think we need to make it again because we've made it before, but I think we need to hammer this point in, is the evolution of the offense and having a more diverse offense with, with the outside passing game. And I think 
Lamar can do that, but he can't do that if he doesn't have the true weapons that he needs. So, you know, I, I like the, uh, the, the idea of J.K. Dobbins uh, evolving that offense. He's gonna, I think he was going to bring dimension that, you know, Mark, Andrew, Mark Ingram never brought and that Gus Edwards I don't think can bring. But, you know, they're going to have to figure it out this year. And it's going to be a tough hill to climb in that division. We've talked about this before. It's a very competitive division with four teams that legit you could look at and say, yep, they can win the division this year. Even I, I'm even putting the Bengals in yeah. there because that offense is, is, is slowly progressing in the correct direction. They could shock people. Oh, haven't, haven't you heard Jamar Chase can't catch now? I heard that. I'm like, kid drops a couple balls in a middle in a preseason game, and all of a sudden he's a he's a schmuck. That's ridiculous. He, he didn't play last year because of you know people opted out of COVID. He opted out. He had one of the best receiving years in recent college seasons, if not ever. And he forgot how to catch the ball. No, he's a little rusty. He's a little rusty. It's going to take a little bit. Plus, let's remember, he's a rookie. Because I watched the game against uh, the Patriots and the Eagles uh, a couple weeks ago. Devontae Smith didn't look that great. No. And he was the Heisman Trophy winner last year. But then <laughs> you put in backups or, or guys that are going to be on the street today or to, uh, yesterday or today, and he started catching the ball. Well, yeah, the talent, talent level. It's going to take, you know, the rookies, whether you're a starting quarterback, receiver, Defensive back, whatever position, you're, it's going to take some time for you to have to get up to speed. And, and you know, I think Jamar Chase is going to be just fine. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's the entirety of the point of preseason is to work out the kinks and get into right. game shape. So yeah, give the kid a break. If 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 look, if week ten he's still dropping bubble screens, okay, give him a crab then. Let, let it go. Come on, seriously. And the advantage they have is he doesn't have to be the number one. They have yeah two other. First round wide receivers. They have a first round running back. They have a first round quarterback. Like they have all this talent. He can sit back and and maybe not take as many plays because he can learn and speed get the speed up and knock the rust off after a year being off. And you could have that Jamar Chase that you saw in college two years ago. And now you have probably the most elite set of wide receivers for at least a couple of years that anyone will ever see in Higgins, Boyd, and, and Jamar Chase on top of having Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon. Let's just hope the fact they took Jamar Chase doesn't mean they don't have Joe Burrow because he got injured again. Because there's a lot of people saying they should have an offensive line. But that's a different topic for a different time. Like I mentioned earlier, today was NFL cut deadline day. The uh, I don't know if it's actually already passed. As usual, we're Four recording... O'clock. Oh, 4 o'clock. It has passed. We're recording yeah. here at about 7 o'clock on Tuesday night. So it has passed. Uh, not everything has been announced yet, but all of the cuts have been submitted to the league, I would assume. Um, nothing yet. Uh, too, too crazy. The big one, of course, people seem surprised about. Uh, the Patriots released quarterback Cam Newton, uh, making 15th overall pick Mac Jones, the new starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. Um... Not surprising. Cam Newton handled it with a class. I mean, that's you know, nothing. I've had my issues with 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 Cam on the field not not playing so well last year. But as a person, as a teammate, uh, nothing but love for the guy. Nothing but respect for the guy. Um, nothing nothing negative to say on that front. He knows his struggles last year. He looked decent in preseason, and I don't mean this to be ugly, but compared to last year, that's not saying a lot. Because uh, he had a couple of good games last year, and then he looked very mediocre. Um, so, anybody who knows the offense New England wants to run, anybody who saw the way Mac Jones played, uh, and don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying Mac Jones is the second coming of Tom Brady. I'm not saying that. Uh, but this is a guy who is going to have some ups and downs this year. I know a lot of Patriot fans... Uh, who, funny enough, are Patriots again fans again this year. They weren't last year. It's funny how that worked. Uh, but people who say they're Patriots fans, who um, 
are all over this guy. And the minute he has a bad game and he goes throws for 140 yards and three picks, which will happen, he's a rookie quarterback, they're going to be, oh, he's a bum, you wasted a pick on him. Because, as I've said before, Boston Sports Radio is straight poison for your mind, and everybody is just addicted to that. So don't listen to them if you want to know what you're talking about. Um, Mac Jones is a good quarterback with a lot of upside potential. And we're going to see a lot of good things this year, and we're going to see a lot of head-scratching things this year as Patriots fans. Uh, just be prepared for that. And the good thing that you want to see is him learning from those mistakes. I've seen a lot of good, and I don't want to jump the gun. I think it's going to be a really fun season. Don't know what the record's going to be. Don't know what it's going to look like in a, in, in, in a regular season, uh, especially with a team like Buffalo in the division who has their, has their stuff together. Uh, but... It's going to be fun. Um, sad to see Cam go as a teammate, but, um, you know, anybody who's really, really, really surprised that the Patriots, who never take a quarterback in the first round, in fairness, haven't had to, with the exception of last year for the past two decades. But Patriots haven't taken a quarterback that early, took a quarterback this early, and now he's starting. Uh, I didn't think it would be this soon. I know you were convinced it would be just about as soon as possible. Uh, you said halftime of game one, so you're way closer than I am on that one. But, um, yeah, anyone who watched Cam play last year, this shouldn't be a surprise. I mean, they, they, there's no way they keep them both if Max the guy over Cam. I think this is more of a favorite of Cam anyways. Honestly, I really do. He made, he made his guaranteed part of his contract. Damn. He was never going to hit those incentives. And now he can go... Eventually, because people will get hurt, people will be interested, eventually go sign somewhere else. In what role? I don't know. That's not for me to decide, but this isn't really a shocker, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I want to say I was stunned when I saw it, but I was stunned at, like, okay, I saw it come across and it's like, wow, Cam Newton got cut? Well, I can see why. I watched a lot of the preseason games. I saw the difference between Cam and, and, and Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Ob- Sorry, Mac Jones. I, had to, I had to do it. Sorry. Uh, I saw the difference. I saw the difference in the demeanor when, when the offense was running. And, and, and I tried to hear a lot about what the experts said, what the, Analyst said during the game, uh, I think one of the things, if you if you watch the um, preseason games, the, by the third game, uh, Scott Zolak, who does the, the um, color commentation for the Patriots radio, but was also on TV for the preseason games, he said, well, he, he determined that it was, he was uh, Cam was going to be the starter because, you know, he started all three games. And and even though Cam Mac got all that praise for the, the time Cam was away, and a lot of people were jumping on that Cam a uh, Mac bandwagon, I'm I'm getting Cam and Mac mixed up because it's so close. Um, it it just came. I was fairly convinced that uh, after that game, it was like I think I was going to be right on Cam, on the Cam Mac situation where by halftime of the first game he was going to be, I didn't think, I didn't think Cam was going to get cut and I didn't think Mac was going to start the regular season. But if you look at it, Chris, they almost have two weeks before their first game. Um, Cause their first game is going to be like the 11th, I think, or 12th of September. And it almost makes sense now to look at it. That gives Mac Jones, the offense, a lot of time whenever they're on the practice field to get in rhythm, start to really develop those routes to start develop that, you know, timing because Jacoby Myers was about the only one consistent as far as wide receivers. Um, and I think Devin Asiasi and John o. Smith were really the only two that, made the field consistently and even John o. Smith didn't really make the field too consistent. Yeah. 
but the running back situation is pretty stable, I think. And the offensive line is, is up there. I think that's what prompted Belichick to say, uh, I can go with the kid because he's, he's got a good head on his shoulder. He understands the offense. He's making throws. He's not making repeated mistakes. And I'm going to bring, I'm going to look at the elephant in the room. And, and you, I know you disagreed when I, when I brought it up and I, I heard it on, on radio and take it for what you will. You know, Colin Cowherd said that the vaccine status was a factor, not the factor, but it was the a factor. And I can't discount yeah. that. No, oh, no, I can't discount that because Belichick talks about availability, right? The, you know, obviously, Stefan Gilmore's situation a little different, but well, that's injury. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, but availability is important in his book. And if there's this looming thought that, you know, he might not be available and we've tossed all this time into him, it could be a mitigating factor. But I don't think it's the end-all, be-all. No, no. Because I think no. Mac, that time, and I'm f- funny is it, during that time when, when Matt, uh, Cam Newton was away, I think Mac really kind of, solidified his spot at taking that that starting quarterback position with practice and then all that game time he got you know, i think it just it just made the decision a lot easier for belichick and josh mcdaniels to go with with mac over cam look mac people people look at preseason games and don't realize that the preseason games which is what i was just talking about with guys like jamar chase are not where you fine-tune everything it's where you try things so anything you may have seen uh, uh, of Mac Jones in the preseason that didn't necessarily look right was probably Belichick trying to figure out what he had in Mac Jones. Um, and obviously he likes what he sees because he stuck with Cam over uh, over uh, Stidham last year, and everybody was everybody was dying for Stidham. Stidham's gonna be our next Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, not quite. Nothing against Stidham. I'm sure he's a nice kid, but he didn't show anything that that would warrant another more opportunity. Um, you know, and and Cam, I I, I did disagree with the fact of it being a big factor. Um, availability, you're 100 percent right. It's huge in Belichick's book, and it's definitely got something to do with it. Uh, I don't think his vaccine status as of uh, him choosing to not get the vaccine had anything to do with it, uh, but it is availability. And the league has made it very clear uh, players who have chosen to not get vaccinated, if they are not available or if teams and they make it so teams cannot participate, we're not going to have rescheduled games this year. Your team's going to forfeit. Belichick's not going to miss a playoff opportunity if the team ends up getting an opposition because he has to forfeit. Because Cam, as Cam proved last week, we were critical of him last week. Cam proved, unfortunately, while he might be a good dude and a good teammate, he could not be relied upon because he violated a rule he agreed to that had been in place for at least a few months if it wasn't all the way back to before all this madness started and caused him to be away from the team facility for five days. And the minute that happened, you text me and you're like, yeah, Mac Jones going to get all the reps for five days. That's huge. And it was, because if you watch them in preseason games, people wanted to talk about how he didn't throw downfield a lot. Threw downfield about as much as Tom Brady did. And that's not to compare him to Tom Brady. That's to say that is the Patriots' offense. He fits into what Belichick wants to do. Belichick saw that. By the way, his throws did not look bad. Nothing was too high. Nothing was floating. He didn't have an interception in the preseason. Like, this kid's going to be a good quarterback. How far past good he goes, who knows. But Cam, unfortunately, sealed his own fate when he couldn't be relied upon for five days because he broke a rule he knew was in place. Belichick's not going to accept, oh, I didn't realize it. Sorry. It's not how it works. Like, it's, it's just not. It's the real world. I like Cam a lot as a person, but... He was not the he was not the future of this team, and he knew that. Cam's not a stupid guy. He knew oh, yeah. he knew that. He knew his he knew the writing was on the wall. He was fine with that. He knew he was pretty much getting paid to come in and just 
kind of you know hold the clipboard uh not hold the clipboard um excuse hold me spot. hold the spot until mac jones was done holding the clipboard uh so this isn't a surprise to him he, he's gonna be fine uh he i don't know if he'll get another starting job possibly maybe you know who knows what the future holds for maybe he doesn't want one maybe he's good who, who knows but I don't think I think some this happens and all of a sudden everyone comes out with oh it's this it's this it's this it's that. Uh, there's also been a lot of Patriots uh, you know Patriots players who have allegedly reached out to these insiders quote saying it was nothing Cam did wrong Mac Jones won that job yeah and you know that's yeah. kind of telling too it's. Which goes back to my point of not everything you see in preseason game is the deciding factor. Probably it's more in practice. It's seeing how we can take direction and leadership. There's a story a couple days ago, a couple days ago before the I Gi- think we're, I, I think we were going to talk about the same thing because uh, I heard about it today. Probably where the Giants and the Patriots. I think it was before they were they were doing like their joint practices. Uh, some of the offensive linemen and uh, for the Pats and the defensive linemen for the Giants got in a little bit of a scuffle. Well, you know. Tempers get heated. Guys are fighting for spots. It happens. Well, coaches mutually decided that all parties involved were going to be running a lap around the stadium. Ever been to an NFL stadium? That's not a small jaunt, and those are big boys. So what did Mac Jones do? Mac Jones said, hey, I'm going to win with you guys. I'm going to lose with you guys. You're my guys. I'm going to run with you. Didn't have to. Could have sat back on his ass and waited for them to finish and said, okay, let's keep going. Nope. And Chris, he wasn't even part of the – Wasn't even part of the altercation. He wasn't even part of the offense of the, uh, the, 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 what was going on. Right. He was, I, I don't know if it was, uh, Cam was in, in place or Brian Hoyer was in place, but they said that Mac Jones wasn't even involved in the play and he still ran. Yep. You might think that's cheesy, whatever you might think of it, but that, let me tell you something. Yeah. Anybody who's ever been on a sports team, it might come off as cheesy, but that stuff. That stuff is big. When you're on a team, that team that team knows you have their back. They're going to have your back. That was Mac Jones saying, hey, you guys are going to be the ones keeping me safe all year. You're not taking this hit alone. Even though it had nothing to do with me, you go down, I go down, you're my guys. That is huge in a locker room. And that's the kind of stuff Belichick fawns over. He'll never say it, but behind closed doors, that's creating a bromance with Mac Jones, believe me. I, I think... I made that sound really weird, but whatever. I don't care. No, I got it. It makes it makes sense, Chris. I think I think where I was at going into the previous game, and I don't want to put everything on the, the preseason games, and, and I don't look at performance, you know, overall. I'm looking at what they're doing in the game. I'm looking at how they're, you know, I talked to you about how he's how Max stands up in the pocket. And there's a lot of quarterbacks who don't do that. And I understand there's inherent risk. You know, Tom Brady got that, you know, in 08 when he stood up in the pocket and he got a cheap shot from Bernard Pollard. Um, but I looked at Mac Jones and and the difference between him and Cam is Cam, I don't know if you saw the interception he threw. And no, I don't put no, it I, I don't I don't put it on him because uh, it was Jacoby Myers who should have came down with the ball, but and and there was a lot of con- contesting with whose whose fault it was. Everywhere I looked, there was different people with different perspectives. This is how I looked at it: Jacoby Myers could it was a 50-50 ball. He should have came down with it. Blake Martinez ripped it out of him. Cam did not put it in a good place for him to make a make it so that he would be the only one to catch that and. Cam did it a lot last year where he put the ball where it really wasn't in a great place for a receiver to get the ball. Yeah. Four yards over the receiver's head, not a great spot. Right. Yet later in the game, uh, Devin Asiasi was running a route and I'm sorry, Mac Jones put the ball in a spot where only Devin Asiasi could get it. And he made an adjustment but he knew what his receiver could do and he made and he put the ball in the place where he should put it. And I saw that a lot in that game where, where Mac was putting the ball where it needed to go. 
like on the hands of Gunnar Olszewski. And sometimes it was a receiver that, you know, dropped the ball. But I think if we look at, I think the practice part is, is, is the most important, like you brought up. But when you're looking at the games, I think you've got to look at what the players are doing, not so much the stat line, not so much who they're playing against, what teams they're playing against, what, you know, second team, third team. I think you just look at what, how they're performing and how they're commanding their team. And I think that was a, diff- a huge difference between Mac and, and Cam this, this offseason. If Mac didn't do that, if Mac didn't show that during the training camp, during the uh, preseason games, during the practice, Cam would be here right now starting week one, and he'd have Damian Harris and, and Ramondre Stevenson and Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry and all them and all these pieces that they put together I think they put together with the mindset of, of Cam being the starter, but they can make adjustments with Mac Jones and have a, a offense similar to 02, 03, 04, run the ball, s- screens, short passing, and evolve his game. And I'm not saying just like you did, I'm not saying he's Tom Brady, but you got to start from somewhere. And right, he, right doesn't have it we can admit he does not have the talent that joe burrow has he doesn't have the skill set that justin herbert has he sure as hell doesn't have the abilities of patrick mahomes but that doesn't mean he can't be a successful quarterback well tom brady had none of those things either true and again and he, again <laughs> ben and i both said repeatedly to the point of exhaustion we're not comparing him to tom brady we're just saying you never know where you're going to find the ed factor so. And the the odds of getting a six round quarterback to become the legendary goat of all right. time, it, it's not very likely. But he took Bill saw an opportunity. He didn't jump up for Justin Fields, much to my chagrin. But Bill knows what he's doing, and he took advantage of the fact that Mac Jones was right there, and you know. Talent, talent wise, he's not the best on the on on the rookie scale right now, but he might be the better one as far as you know quarterback IQ and understanding the information that he's been given and putting it on the field. Well, we will we will see what happens. And like I said about the running backs, the best thing is all these guys are going to get a chance to get on the field and prove what they oh, yeah. can do. So there's not going to be any place to hide. It's all going to be whatever your talent level is, is going to show on the field. And that, that's the good thing. Um, I just want to bring up Asante Samuel real quick. Oh yeah. Sure. Uh, Cause he's a clown. Uh, I'm not going to mince words there. Um, this is a guy. He came out apparently today because he was upset about cam and the NFL world was, and if, as the, 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 the blurb I got for notifications, NFL Twitter is just shocked that cam Newton Cam Newton was released. Well, the NFL Twitter apparently didn't watch any football last year. So, apparently, Asante Samuel took this opportunity to, for whatever reason, bash Bill Belichick uh, and say, without Tom Brady, he's just another coach. I know all the little Patriot haters out there are going to go buy Asante Samuel jerseys now. For whatever. Oh, he doesn't, he doesn't play anymore. His son plays now, right? His son got drafted. Didn't he? Who? Asante Samuel Jr. plays. That's Asante Samuel's son, I would assume. Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. Um, so his son actually plays in the league, so he doesn't, but his son does. And look, I'm not going to sit here and just talk crap about Asante Samuel because he had a very nice career. Dude had 51 interceptions, played in the Super Bowl. Uh, in fact, if he knew how to catch the ball and intercept in the Super Bowl, he would have been part of the greatest team in organized North American sports history. But when Eli Manning threw that dead duck to him in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, uh, 42, where the Pats infamously lost after an undefeated season at that point, um, <laughs> Sante Samuel would have go through his hands. So I don't know if he's bitter about that or if he's upset they didn't try to give him a long-term contract when it expired because 
he said after being on the best team uh, in the NFL in a long time at least, that he chose to go to the Eagles because it gave him a chance to win. Really? That's what he said after he signed that free agent contract with the Eagles, after he was just on an 18-0 Patriots team prior to the Super Bowl, where, like I said, he dropped a very key pass. Now, or excuse me, interception attempt. It wasn't. It was a pass, but not to him. I don't want to confuse anybody. He's a corner, not a receiver. So he left the Patriots and played another, I think he played another five or six years. Um, never reached a level of success in Philadelphia with the Eagles. Never did much in Atlanta when he went there. Good stats, good player, but not the same caliber. So to him saying that Tom, without Tom Brady, Bill Belichick's just another coach, I would say without Bill Belichick, uh, Asante Samuel is probably just another mid-round washout. Um, kudos to him for taking the, the the instruction that the Patriots coaching staff and Belichick were giving him and turning it into a successful career. But you were a fourth-round corner that was not highly touted, dude. And that team gave you an opportunity. That coaching staff helped you recognize uh, your best attributes and accentuated them and turned you into a Pro Bowl caliber player. One that almost made a Malcolm Butler type play, but you couldn't quite hold on to it. So for you to sit there and say that only Tom Brady made the Patriots great. Tom Brady wasn't a defensive coach. Tom Brady didn't drag anything out of you. From a skill set point of view, maybe as a teammate, maybe. But I, I love this when all these people leave the Patriots and they get all bitter because they just couldn't get their big money. They couldn't get their contract. Deion Branch did a little bit. It wasn't as bitter. But even he came back and said, man, I shouldn't have left. Certain players are system players. And a lot of the Patriots' successful defensive players are. And they leave, and it's not the same. You have your notable exceptions, guys like Chandler Jones, who is still a phenomenal player. Uh, but there's a long history of players who want to win staying for a little less money because they know they're going to be competitive still. And an even longer history of players realizing the Patriots brought them to the top of their game and that coaching staff and that system and leaving and being very disappointed in the results on the field. So I, I don't know... Like, Tom Brady is a special player. Tom Brady is a massive, massive part. The single biggest on-the-field reason the Patriots had the success they had. Do you ever wonder if Tom Brady develops or gets the opportunity if it isn't given to him by Belichick? There's a lot to unpack there, and a lot more to unpack than we have the time to unpack. But the reality of it is nobody is ever great on their own. Nobody ever wins or loses on their own especially in a game like the NFL. So for Asante Samuel to just sit back because he's butthurt that the Patriots released Cam Newton for some reason, saying that, with especially with the team they've gathered this offseason, that Belichick is nothing without Brady, that's a joke. And like I said, dude went, what, 7-9 and nine last year with that ragtag team? All those COVID, uh, all the guys who opted out because of COVID, all the injuries... Tom Brady taking off and bailing and going to Tampa Bay. <laughs> and he still went nine and seven or seven and nine. And was within a couple plays of winning four or five of those games. There's not a single other coach in the league or in NFL history that could have done that. And if you don't like it, we have multiple, multiple, multiple social media accounts. Go ahead and tell me. I'll be glad to have this debate with you. Well, um, there's not much for for me to say on that. Chris. <laughs> Sorry about that. I, I told you. <laughs> I think you've uh, buttoned up, but pretty much, I, I'll just add on that. Uh, I mean, he made some Pro Bowls, but he also never made a Super Bowl with uh, Billy or Atlanta. Uh, got to a couple of conference championships, but never made it past there. So, honestly, like, I'm all for when. Because as Patriot fans, we, 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 we appreciate the players that are here. And we appreciate the players when they leave because we understand that Bill likes to pinch pennies, cut corners, try to try to 
stretch every dollar. So he doesn't pay a lot of players at their premium. So when Deion Lewis goes and signs with the Titans, when Asante goes and signs with the, um, the Eagles, when Seymour gets traded to the, the LA Oakland Raiders and gets his extension, you know, or Vince Wolfark at the end of his career signs with the text, uh, Houston Texans. I'm all for them making their money. Sure. The difference, the difference is when a player, so I'll take two players, exactly apples for apples, Shane Vereen, Deion Lewis. They both left for a big, big money, big contracts. Neither of them did crap with the team they signed with. Literally, they did. Jamie Collins? Well, I was trying to go apples for apples. Like, the oh, okay, exact okay. same gotcha. player. Right. They did nothing. And there's, I have no, no ill will towards either player. But I think Deion Lewis had a little chirping to do when he signed that, that deal with the Texans. Something of, of not a direct quote, but I think it was in the genesis of I'm, uh, I wanted to go somewhere where I was appreciated, you know, basically someone who wanted to pay me. And Shane Vereen just went there, went to the Giants, you know, didn't have success, but didn't clap back at the Patriots when, you know, they wouldn't pony up the money. And I think that's the difference between, you know, someone like Asante Samuel and, and someone like, you know, Vince Wolfark. And it's, it's just you don't you can go get your money and and you can appreciate the time you had in New England. Appreciate the opportunity that you had to succeed and, and win, whether you won a championship or not, because there's plenty of teams who didn't win. But you don't have to clap back when you're done playing and you didn't do anything after you left New England because you're sore that Cam Newton got cut cam newton already put out that he's okay he yeah. will be fine cam's good yeah there are plenty of rumors out there where cam might get signed uh dallas is one of them they're looking at they've actually opened up and admitted they're looking at an op him as an option uh i can see the colts potentially being an option because of their issue uh washington's already uh rejected the idea of, of bringing him in but there's options out there there's teams out there that still have controversy at quarterback. We have less than two weeks before the game start. There can still be an injury. Anything's possible. But Asante, you really you're barking up the wrong tree there, buddy. Because New England's the one that gave you a chance to get that big contract. And I didn't see Patrick Chung chirping or, or Kyle Van Noy chirping. And then, what, year or two after they signed their big contracts, they're back in New England. Cause one one year. Van Noy signed that big contract. Like you said, wasn't a jerk, didn't say anything bad. Right. Didn't burn any bridges. And he came back because they released him. And that's the smart thing to do. But unfortunate for, you know, some players, they, they decided to chirp back and, and you know, I just think it's 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 irresponsible of you to to chirp back at a team that gave you an opportunity, what regardless of whatever team it is, you know. Yeah, Jerry Jones, I'm sure, is one of the people that will hold a grudge. And if you you crap on him, I am sure he's going to hold a grudge until the day you walk out of the league. Well, we had some uh, some surprise non cuts, I would say. Uh, compared to a surprise cut. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, former first-round pick of the Washington football team, uh, was signed by Pittsburgh, I believe, late last year and did not get released today. Apparently, he has made the cut for the Steelers as their backup to Big Ben. So, I mean, if you're going to try to develop a player, maybe a third-year first-rounder isn't the worst place to start. Uh, Haskins didn't show a whole hell of a lot in Washington, but... um, who knows? Maybe Mike Tomlin and a change of scenery can can work for him. Um, your boy, your boy Josh Rosen, 
who you you said was a schmuck the moment he was drafted. Correct. Um, and and would not would not make it anywhere. He was a tenth overall Correct. pick, tenth overall pick in 2018. He is somehow uh, to this point, at least if he has been released, it has not been acknowledged. Uh, has made the roster for the Atlanta Falcons as the backup to Matt Ryan. Uh, that makes the Cardinals, Dolphins, 49ers, who cut him earlier this offseason. Uh, he was has been on, and now the Falcons. We'll see wait how a minute, long wait that a lasts. Minute, Chris. I believe he was on the practice squad for the pa- uh, not the Patriots, uh, the Buccaneers, wasn't he? Yeah, you know, I think you're right. Last year, I think he was. You're right. Because the Dolphins I, I cut could him. Be wrong. The Dolphins cut him, and then I think he went to the Bucks practice. You're right, the Bucks practice squad, and then the 49ers picked him up before I like, went all the off season and cut him in training camp. And now he's on the Falcons. So I guess, I guess if you're going to count the 49ers, I don't think he ever played it down for them unless he went, I don't know the order either way. This guy has really struggled and it, it <laughs> I'm just going to say real quick. I do. I don't think Colin Kaepernick's a great quarterback and it's been a long time since he played. And we, we, we have plenty of, of discussion on Kaepernick. If you want to go back in our archives of episodes, you can find. But I can sort of see some people's point when someone like Rosen, who has not shown a single thing on the field, uh, is on his fifth team in four years and getting an opportunity, and, and, and Kaepernick doesn't. But um, anything on those two guys? or um, I think I stand corrected on Tampa Bay because it doesn't seem like it's showing, but – I could have sworn. I, 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 could, I think I you're right, though. I could have sworn I heard that. Um, as far as Rosen, I mean, I'm not trying to shovel dirt on a guy that, that clearly is is going to have a not-so-stellar NFL career, but I think the only reason why he's on the Falcons is because of A.J. McCarron's injury. Um, and Dwayne Haskins... I mean, did Josh Josh Dobbs got cut? Correct. As far as I remember, uh, they had I think had so four quarterbacks. So I guess Josh Dobbs got beat out by Dwayne Haskins. You know, he still has some upside, Dwayne Haskins. How much upside? I don't know. If he gets his head on straight, maybe he's got a chance because he did perform at Ohio State. And I understand the talent there, um, but he still – I can't sit there and say about the talent with, with Dwayne Haskins and then, you know, speak lowly of Mac Jones because he had similar talent there in Alabama. So, Dude, all these guys do, though. Right. Well, like, like, like Trevor Lawrence didn't have schmucks around him, neither did no, Joe Burrow. Right. So, I mean, yeah. So, that's not, that's not a condemnation at all. It, it's – it's just interesting that Dwayne Haskins is still on the team. And I think it's more of an indictment on how long Roethlisberger has that they're trying to keep Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. Cause they want options. They don't want, they don't want to be the Patriots when Tom Brady leaves, you know, they don't as much as I crap on the idea, at least the saints have multiple options now that Drew Brees is left, are they great options? No, but they're, you know, Jameis has performed at a high level, 5,000 yard passer. Unfortunately, he threw him as many He's touchdowns almost, as he threw interceptions. With all those turnovers, he was almost defensive player of the year also. Right. It, and that's a great move for him. Um, and Taysom Hill is what Taysom Hill is, and he's going to get more opportunity this year. Uh, I think that's what the Steelers are trying to do is they're trying to make sure that they have options in case – this sauce this year is the last year for Ben Rosselberger. I don't know if it is, but if it is now they have two options and they can continue to develop Dwayne Haskins and maybe they'll get something out of him because he's still a talented quarterback. It's just between the ears, much like Mason Rudolph. There's not a whole lot there, right? So well, they can always give um, Josh Rosen the chance at team number six when the Falcons inevitably cut him in a week and a half or two. So, Uh, another surprise for me, honestly, a team like the Eagles, who I struggled so mightily at wide receiver the last few years, 
Release Travis Fulgham for some reason. I don't, I don't get that. Uh, he looked awesome for for a good portion of last season. And then Doug Peterson, <laughs> much like you know, uh, much like Jalen Hurts in the last game, just stopped using him. And uh, I, I don't get it. This is a team that, you know, I know they drafted a wide receiver the first round in the last couple of drafts, which is good, something they should have done. But, man, Fulgham as a number three with a young quarterback and a good running back core, really surprising to see him cut. Um, and if you – Ben, Ben, and I know I criticize him sometimes, telling him anybody over 25 he says is over the hill. But if, if you want to take a look at – uh, just how quick a running back's, I put in quotes, usefulness, because these are people we're talking about also. I'm talking about strictly on the field. Uh, their usefulness uh, can come to an end. Look at some of the cuts today in the current free agents. Jordan Howard, mm-hmm. now, granted, was never you know a top, top guy, but a really steady running back and looked really good uh, for the Bears for a while, and then and then the Eagles, he was pretty good for, uh, was cut by the Eagles, as was Carrion Johnson, who was cut by the Lions uh, after last season. This is a guy they thought was going to come in and take the mantle and be the running back one for, for the Lions for the foreseeable future. And injuries really cost him that. And now he's a free agent as well. I think he'll find somewhere to play. But um, Devonta Freeman, a fantasy football stud, what three four years ago? I mean, the guy was a top five pick. People, you know, were were were, were losing their mind to get this guy because he had a great season the year before. Cut by the Saints, uh, just can't can't find a team. Couldn't stay healthy, and not to mention Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, Lashawn McCoy, uh, all at different stages of their career. I think Le'Veon Bell's a little different. I think he's more costing himself and hurt his own career with some dumb decisions, but. McCoy, a little bit older, I understand that. Todd Gurley, though, in his prime MVP candidate for the Rams, gets released, plays a year in Atlanta, a kind of lackluster year, and now he's a free agent still. Um, All these guys at one time or another were either considered to be the next guy to go to the upper echelon or on the upper echelon, and now they're all free agents. So... When Ben says something like Derrick Henry smart for signing the contract last year because he's only got a couple of years of this dominance left, and people laugh at him and go, oh, dude, Derrick Henry's a beast. He absolutely is. I can't imagine the physical toll the running back position in the NFL takes on you. And you see the way these guys train, especially a guy like Derrick Henry. Your body can only hold up that up, up for so long. I mean, it, it, it's the mind can be willing, but the human body's going to break down after a while. Taking that kind of abuse, um, you have your anomalies, your Frank Gores, your Adrian Petersons who play a long, long time, but not many of those. And this is, I only brought all this up to kind of go to Ben's point because I feel like sometimes I even joke with him about it, but he is right. You get three to five dominant years, and then you're looking for a place to play. And even though Sean McCoy is an outlier on your list, Chris, because he's played a, 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 a long, a long time for a running back. Yeah. And I think the difference is, is how, how they run. And that's, you know, Jordan Howard, carry on Johnson, Devonte Freeman, similar running styles, you know, Lev bell had a nice run. And the question will always be for him is what happened. Did that, did that one year off really make that much of a difference? That's always going to be a question. And, of course, obviously, Adam Gase and his oh, in, inability to to utilize a Common weapon. Like, oh, a weapon, sorry. Yeah. Um, Todd Gurley, that's an interesting, that's an interesting one because you're right. He was just so high, and then it was a precipitous drop in like less than two years. He was the guy. He was a top running back in the league. Right, right. And the injuries is is part of the reason of his downfall. And I would say this, and I'm not trying to condemn all Georgia running backs, but Todd Gurley and Sony Michelle having knee injuries. I don't know what kind of uh, if if 
Nick Chubb's injuries, because I think he had a couple of uh, nickups last year. Is there a correlation with Georgia running backs and having knee injuries? Because Sony Michelle, when he when he came out of of Georgia, uh, drafted by the Patriots, the one concern that we heard about, and what I read about was he was bone on bone, his knees, one of his knees at least, and now he's been traded. And to the uh, ironically, the team that had Todd Gurley, the the LA Rams. What you look at the running back position, you've got to be smart about where where you draft them, when you draft them, and honestly, how much you use them because you're you pointed out Derrick Henry, he's a beast, but he he invites contact. He, he welcomes it. Is that going to shorten his career? Probably with 300 carries a season. And, and you look at someone like Emmett, Emmett Smith. He found a way how to take contact without really taking contact. Um, I know he's talked about it. I don't know if he wrote a book about it or not, but I know he's talked about it a lot. The ability to take a hit without really taking a hit. And that helped, you know, build a longer career. Just something think, every young player who has to face contact that consistently should should look heavily into. And, and I'm not talking about like what Deion Lewis would do, what Shady McCoy would do, you know, the ability to juke and, and, and pivot and all that. Cause that's different. Because there's always that risk, you know, Deion, I can I can just picture it. Deion Lewis making a juke move and there went his knee. And we know what kind of season we were. I think it was, God, I want to say it was 16 or 17, somewhere around there, maybe 15, where we lost Deion Lewis with a knee injury because of his ability to juke and, and, and pivot also kind of hindered him because then he goes down with a knee injury, severe knee injury because of it. And I think – that's that balance running backs have to create. And, you know, it's, I think, and I hate to sound callous about it. It's easier for teams to look at the next draft and try to find that next running back in the draft in the first, second, third round. Right. And try to have them be a piece and not be the offense, but a piece because, Realistically, looking at the top of the running back tier, not the free agent market, the tier, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, your CMC, Saquon Barkley, you name them. Have they had the great success in the playoffs, in the Super Bowl, that other teams that don't have that upper echelon running back have had? Well, it's... That's a valid point, and and I think you brought up something, and it, it's teams are just looking towards next year's draft as opposed to you know trying to you know stick it out with injury prone players or players they think uh, might not develop into what they originally thought when they drafted them. And my last thing here on the uh, on a little rundown I do is it seems to me that more players, first, second-year players, than ever are getting cut. I mean, we, we just saw the Ravens trade a, a fourth-round pick to the Patriots on a corner. There was a rookie. They just drafted him a month and a half, two months ago. And it's like, maybe it was longer than that, but time has been so crazy. I, I have no concept of time anymore. But uh, they just drafted him, and now they traded him before he even stepped on an actual like NFL field during an actual game for them. Um this, it might just be me, but it seems to me you're seeing more teams in almost like win now mode, even bad teams. Like, we drafted this guy for this reason. He's not doing it. Done. Next. Like, there were a couple players today who were cut rookies uh, and second year guys. But you figure if you're a second year guy, rookies aren't such a, such a surprise. We see some fifth, sixth, seventh round picks, sometimes even earlier than that, cut every year. That happens. But second-year guys, it's like, okay, we saw something in you enough to keep you for one year. 
We kept you all last year. We kept you to this point. We saw enough. We're done. It seems like that's happening more and more often. Whereas a couple of years ago, uh, a couple, 10, 15 years ago, you saw guys get to three seasons. If they were drafted a little bit higher, if they were given that, it was almost like you're playing a hand of poker and you're in too deep. So you just keep going and trying to bluff, hoping it will turn in your favor. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, uh, it doesn't. So you got to let it go. Um, but I mean, am I imagining this or does it seem like there's more cuts than ever on these young guys? I wonder, Chris, if the success, and I hate to bring it back to the quarterbacks, but hell, that's what drives the NFL. That's what drives the content of the NFL is the success of the, the young quarterback, the translation from college to pros. Is there an expectation that the other players should then transition as easy? And I don't want to say it's easy, but as as should be able to transition from the college to the pros. The same way, yeah. The same way, because you're seeing a lot more quarterbacks being successful. We've talked about this before. The five, ten years ago, you're you're trying to find ten a top ten list of, of decent quarterbacks where you know outside of five it's not an absolute garbage. Now I think we're at the point where if you and me did a top 10 list, boy, we'd be fighting tooth and nail to see who's going to make that 10th spot because yeah. you're going to, yeah. you're going to leave out MVP candidates. I think the first, first couple are easy, but after that, you're talking like three through 10, four through 10 is like, right. depends what you're looking for. But yeah, quarterback plays never been better than it is right now. And is that, so is that translation from the, the college to the pros making it, harder on the other players to to make these teams because they're not quite translating from college to pros because it's a different position or they can't understand the concepts as much as quickly as because let's be honest the 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 game is catering to quarterbacks to make it easier for quarterbacks to translate from college to pros sure but i wonder if if that translation because is it possible? And I, I, I don't, I don't know about his future. But Edwards Hilaire, he was drafted to be a big part of the Chiefs' offense. He had a nice beginning and tailed off. To your point, if he doesn't have a successful season this year, and the Chiefs have to go out again and get a a running back in trade in free agency to kind of replace him, so to speak, for the rest of the season, does that does that already end his career in Kansas City because he wasn't successful after two seasons? That's that's Yeah, I mean honestly, if it's yeah. I mean if it's a high round draft pick, you'd have to think so. I mean if it, I'd say if it's third or third or lower, it'd be fine. But if you draft you know use first or second round draft capital on a on a position when you just drafted somebody two years ago, uh yeah, that's that's kind of sending a message to him. It's. I think, Chris, there's there's some credence to what you said that, you know, they're turning around these these rosters a lot quicker. I think it's just win now, and we need players to win now. And if you're not doing it, I'm going to find somebody else who's doing it, whether it be an undrafted free agent, uh, a three-, four-year veteran that got cut, or I'm going to the draft next year and trying to get somebody because I, I honestly, if there's no signing bonus tied to that player, if it's a third, fourth round pick, I'm going to invest in the player next year because you're not performing. It's quite possible. Yeah. And, and I just said, I think the quarterback levels at, at the highest, uh, the highest, you know, at the highest level it's been at and as in my lifetime that I can remember, I also think the the talent level of the free agency pool has probably never been higher as well. Um, so, I mean, and look, we don't know everything. We're not insiders. We don't know why some of these guys are still free agents, but some of them are head scratchers. And it's like, yeah, as a fan, you're looking at it and you're going, man, guy like Travis Fulgham couldn't make it. Look at the year he had last year. But, I mean, it... it you look at it. You look at it. You just we just talked about three teams that lost 
running backs. Now, yeah. obviously, the Rams acquired Sony Michelle, but you don't think as much as they I, – I don't know what direction Jacksonville wants to go, but I'm sure Urban Meyer wants to win. You don't think, all right, we just lost Travis Etienne. We can bring in a, a, a Todd Gurley at X number of dollars, a Lev Bell at X number of dollars, and help this offense. Same with the Baltimore Ravens. They're, you know, you're not going to get the production uh, for that you're going to get from J.K. Dobbins, but Todd Gurley should be able to fit a, a, a decent role in that offense. A, I don't know if Dante Freeman would be a good option, but Kerryon Johnson should be a viable option maybe. And yeah, you, think, would, you I, would think I, if he was healthy, it would be, yeah. Right, and then again, Le'Veon Bell, it sh- he should be an option because he does have some value still, I think. He just needs to be slotted in the right role on a team. He's not he's not what he used to be. He they, I think of of when I think of slotting players and and maybe it's, you know, the homerism in me or just the knowledge of the team, but every year the Patriots running backs, each of them have a role. And I just think James White his role at third down running back, catch the ball. That's something that Lev Bell should be able to do even on a team with, you know, Jacksonville or Baltimore, they, he should be able to perform that with other talent around him. And maybe they're just waiting for that dollar value to come down because there's still 11 days before the start of the season. I also think too, it has to do with attitude. Lev Bell has shown a very poor attitude over the last three or four years. And with all the talent out there, teams are like, you know what, we're going to stick with a young, young guy over dealing with a veteran who's going to come in at a high price with a bad attitude. So, anything else? Are you good? I'm all set. All right, we're going to get out of here. Thank you so much for listening to episode 143. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, past episodes, or anything sports-related at all, Ben and I would love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTSpod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports, or the website, bctspod.com. And if you want to go on IG, our tag is what, Chris? Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. If you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, we'd ask that you go to wherever you download your favorite podcast and leave a rating and a review and tell a friend about the show and help us spread the word. We'd really appreciate it. But for Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next Wednesday. Thank you.